Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. It's already been incredible. You know, we have draft meetings where we come in and we talk about the players and the different positions and what they look for. And I think everybody in the room just can see it. They know why, you know, they're like, I can see why these two, you know, really want to work together. Uh, but I see him as an integral role. You know, I think I always talk about blind spots. As a scout, you know, you might have certain blind spots. As a coach, you might have certain blind spots. So getting in the room together, you, you know, bringing your expertise to the process and me bringing mine, and then also me understanding that I have blind spots that you're going to cure. It's just that that's what we envision here, and the, the collaboration between me and him will be integral for that. No blind spots here. Uh-uh. Mackie and Judd, and of course, that is a new Vikings GM, Quasey. Um, Adolfo Mensa, who is in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. I believe Kevin O'Connell is there. I've seen a bunch of stories saying that uh, um, Kyle Shanahan didn't go. McVay didn't go. Uh, I think the Jets coach didn't go. But we did go. We went to Mackie and Judd, unlike Phil who is out for the rest of the week, basically, although we will be hearing from him occasionally as he sends in some uh, write-that-down predictions on Wednesday. Judd and Declan and uh, uh, Dex, here's the good news. Okay. Here's the good news. My so mouth we, is we, fixed. That's good news. Well, oh, my, good. My jaw good. still hurts You're... like hell. but uh, Oh, wait, so it still does hurt. The jaw hurts. Well, it's not really fixed. The, the cavities are filled in. Yeah, that's true. That's so it's true. not really like they didn't give you – you know, four new teeth and they I just filled them. And there's, cavities, there's right? no guarantee that, uh, you know, I, I'm winning a Super Bowl or I'm winning any teeth awards. It's just, you know, I, I filled in these, these spots you needed to get fillings in just like the Vikings. I just said that they're trying to fill in spots. There's and you holes, did a marvelous and, and you did a marvelous analysis that I, I believe, uh, folks can still find on the, uh, score North Twitter account and yeah. Instagram, right. Yes, in which you, in which you sound, and I tweeted this, you sound to me almost exactly like you're doing a Steve Buscemi impersonation. And people have told me before I sound like Buscemi, but this the, when I when I had a seventy five percent numb jaw, I think it even hyper hyper focused my my Buscemi impression. So, so so there are words that you say mm-hmm. when you haven't had dental work that sound like him, but yeah. like you don't sound like like right now, right? You don't consistently sound like Steve Buscemi. That being said, with your cavities f- filled in and your jaw disabled to a certain point, I thought dead ringer for him. It was. Dead it ringer, was. which is not a bad thing. He's, he's no, great. He's a funny guy. Funny guy. Okay, so it's combine week. Combine week. Which is great. So that there's a ton of um there's a ton of rumors, reckless speculation. Quasi will uh, go to the podium today um to address the media. O'Connell will address the assembled masses tomorrow. I'm hoping that that, that those are are live streamed at Vikings.com. I don't know for sure. Um, Combine week, though, combine Declan Goff with this. That's right. Put your hand on the sounder because Godfather Mock, Mel Kuyper 2.0 came out this morning. Football. I want to This isn't any ordinary mock, ladies and gentlemen. This is the man who who was one of, I don't think, I I believe if I am crediting this right, Dex, that um, that the late Joel Bushbaum of, uh, I think, the old Pro Football Weekly, perhaps, okay. and, and he's the guy that put together the book that was just an outstanding book. He might have been the first mocker, but Kuiper hmm. was probably the first guy to turn it mainstream. All right. 
So, so 2.0, Mel Kuyper is out. We will get to the Vikings pick. But before we do that, we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars picking first. And I had to do some, some digging here. Yeah. Because according to Mel, the Jaguars are going to take an, an offensive tackle from North Carolina State. Go off back. And I... And I looked and I said, okay, I am going to I'm going to dig. I'm going to go to YouTube and see if I can find a correct correct pronunciation of this outstanding player's name since he's projected can, to go first. Can I overall. try it? If because uh, I haven't, I haven't tried because you know how good I am at reading and pronunciation and spelling and all that fun stuff that normal people should be really good at in this job. Um, yes. All yes. right. So give this a shot. And, <clears throat> and I've got and I do caution you. I've got the the phonetic pronunciation here and i might screw this up so like okay. this is this is at your own risk okay go ahead akeem akwanu akeem akwanu akeem akwanu i think you're very close oh really so yes so so the first name by the by the pronunciation guide capital e e hyphen small k e h m Akeem. 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 Which is what you said, yeah. right? Akeem, yeah. Okay, okay. Last name. Small E-C-K uh, okay. hyphen capital W-A-H-N hyphen small E-W. I think you're damn close. Akeem not- Ikwanu. I think you're right on. Yeah. Wow. We call him Icky. Icky, to okay. Clear, we call him Icky. Got it. Okay. That's very good, Declan. Thank you. I'm I'm shocked how good I. That is really here. I thought it was going to be great fun, oh, and yeah. you massively screw it off. <laughs> actually, got you it. Actually, did a good job. Nice oh, work. My God. All right, so he he goes first. Akeem Aquanu, the offensive tackle from NC State, goes first to the Jaguars. Second, staying in the state of Michigan, going to the Detroit Lions. He's a guy who I think a few months ago was projected much more so as the top pick. Yeah. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, Michigan Wolverines. Third, and I warn you, I warn you, if you are a if you are a draft dropping fan, this ain't sexy right now. Okay, mm-hmm. so like the top of this draft is not going to be no. this quarterback's going to save this franchise and this <laughs> wide receiver is going to save. Going third overall to the Houston Texans, according to Mel Kiper in his two mock, offensive tackle again. Alabama, Evan Neal. Going fourth to the Jets. Safety, Kyle Hamilton, Notre Dame. Going fifth to the Giants. uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Going sixth to the Panthers. Charlie Cross, Charles Cross, Mm. offensive tackle, Mississippi State. Going seventh to the Giants in a pick that they got in the Justin Fields trade from the Bears. Yeah. A linebacker, Devin Floyd from Utah. Uh, Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. Oh, I'm sorry. Lloyd. Devin Lloyd. I read that wrong. I'm getting old. My eyes are. Mm-hmm. My eyes are. Mm-hmm. are... Okay. Uh, going eighth <laughs> to the Atlanta Falcons. Our guy, cornerback, Cincinnati. Sauce. Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Love the sauce. Love the sauce. Um, I still I think that a, a, a cornerback named Sauce would just be outstanding. All right, and now Mel does something that I want to say, Declan. I want to say Mel didn't do this for years. No. I, I think he refused for years uh, to, to as do this. this. Became right as this became the trend. Um, Mel said, "Screw that. The draft. If the draft order is changed naturally, I'll adjust. But I'm not going to introduce changes." And then I want to say last year or two years back, somebody got to Mel and said, dude, you are becoming obsolete. Everyone's doing trades. And Mel said, all right, I'll do trades. Projected trade between the Cleveland Browns and Broncos for the ninth pick. Uh, Browns move up to get their wideout. And in this trade, the Browns via Denver take Drake London, wide receiver, USC. So he would be the first to go uh, as far as that position group goes, which tells you that it's not all that strong. Yeah. So Mel introduces a trade there in which Kevin Stefanski's Browns uh, go to Denver and make a trade. 
Number 10, the Jets have this pick via uh, the Jamal Adams trade with Seattle. And they take, and this one's interesting. This is a guy I like, but this is a this is early to pull the trigger on this position. Tyler Tyler Linderbaum, mm-hmm. center Iowa, who supposedly is great, but yes, I said tenth overall in the draft, a center. Number eleven, as we near the Vikings. Keep in mind, we have not had a quarterback go off the board yet, but the Washington Commanders, the Commies, end that run. <laughs> the Commies take quarterback Kenny Pickett from Pitt. Great controversy there. And I, I I believe that that one thing the Combine is going to do is I think Malik Willis is going to jump Kenny Pickett at the Combine. But for now, Mel Kuyper has Kenny Pickett being the first quarterback off the board. And then, finally, at number 12, to your Vikings, they step to the podium. Quasi, for the first time, is about to make his pick. The pick is in, and the pick is... Daryl Stingley Jr., cornerback, LSU, to the Minnesota Vikings. Interesting. So they still find their cornerback at pick 12. Yes, and and it's the second, and I believe right now it's definitively the second best behind Sauce in this draft. So this is not a reach. No. And, And here's the problem. So fans, I'm sure there are some fans saying, are you serious? Like, you got a new GM, a new coach, and they're going cornerback first? Like, mm. again, a cornerback? 2018, Mike Hughes. 2020, second first-round pick, Justin Jefferson was the first. Um, Jeff Gladney. And you're doing it again? But that's the problem. I don't blame them. They don't have so, – so Hughes got hurt, got traded. He's gone. Gladney, unfortunately, ran into some – Major off the field troubles. Yeah, was cut right. Yeah, Patrick Peterson came here for 2021, um, and and was good, and he might be back, but he's long in the tooth, and I'm not going to be, be surprised if he's not back. So he's potentially gone. They brought back uh, Mackenzie Alexander from the Bengals after a year away from the Vikings. He essentially slotted in throughout the majority of 2021 as their nickel corner. But he is probably gone. So right now, Declan, you're down to Cam Dantzler. Mm-hmm. Chris Boyd is on the roster, but I don't know for how, how long. And he is definitely not an option to play uh, the cornerback spot, either inside or outside, on on a consistent basis. So the fact is, this is not a bad pick. No, You, you desperately need help here, which is... Which is incredible. Like when you go back and consider how much attention that the that the Spielman Zimmer led Vikings played to the spot, right? Yeah. Like go back through all of the you know the Trey Waynes and they developed roads, and, and I, I know that that goes back uh, quite a few years now. But when you think about the attention that at various points that the Vikings paid to the cornerback position, it is in some ways mind-boggling that one of their biggest needs is the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I understand it. And honestly, it's kind of a slap in the face to Zimmer, who was this apparent cornerback guru and whisperer. But then at the same time, um, you always need good cornerbacks. Uh, it, it's a position that you always have to keep the cupboard stocked. And I understand that Vikings fans get irritated because there's been so many first-round picks drafted there. But uh, you need you need to figure out some way to still stop the pass, uh, especially if Aaron Rodgers indeed is still staying in Green Bay. Um, you have to either you have to do two things, in my opinion, on defense. You have to be either elite in pass coverage, or you have to be elite at getting after the quarterback. You know, and and I understand the Vikings were a sieve on on their rush defense, and they brought in Michael Pierce and Dalvin Thompson to potentially fill that up, but it didn't work, and they still other teams ran up and down them. But you can kind of get away with that, in my opinion, if you're still able to get after the quarterback at the elite rate, or at least have some a semblance of stopping or slowing down the pass, which in the NFL is very difficult to do with it being a a, a quarterback-driven league now. Um, the interesting about uh, uh, Stingley is he is not working out at the Combine this week. So he has chosen not to be at the Combine. Lots of guys, yeah. And he's only played in a handful of games the last two years. He was on the 2019 team with Justin Jefferson and Joe yep. Burrow that won a national championship game. So J.J. would probably be all in on this move. And I know he's a defensive back and doesn't really help the offense necessarily, but 
Still another LSU guy you can potentially plug and play here. I'm curious where it goes. And to the point, too, of what, two offensive linemen in the first three picks, a center went at, at, at 10, so... I believe three offensive linemen, Judd, in, in this mock go in the top 10 in drafts, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Jeremiah, friend of the show, uh, the, from the Move the Sticks, tweeted out this very interesting nugget of offensive linemen over the last five years. The starting offensive linemen on Super Bowl winning teams the last five seasons and where they were drafted and or signed. So mm-hmm. of the starting offensive linemen on Super Bowl winning teams the last five seasons, Only three of them were first-round picks. Four of them were day-two picks. Seven of them were day-three picks. One being a UDFA, and ten of them were veteran free agents or trades. So there's a trend in the last five years, and it's not to say that all, obviously, first-round linemen are not worth taking a chance on because I do think it's more of a safe bet to take an offensive lineman than it is to take a cornerback or take a wide receiver. Uh, but you can find quality offensive linemen on day two and three in the draft, or if you really want to, uh, which Brandon Sheriff could be someone you target, you look in free agency. So it's it's curious to me that there is three guys who went right away in the top ten, and the Vikings are always uh, looking to improve their offensive line. And I'm kind of with you here, especially, and it's maybe me, it's having a Garrett Bradbury syndrome. I'm not, as good as Tyler Lindenbaum might be, I don't think I can take a center inside the top 10 or in the top or with my 12th pick if the Vikings indeed stay there. I don't think I can do that. Right. So right. Corner, cornerback, I think, makes the most sense. Um, if, if the sauce is there, if Stingley is there, I'm all for it. On Stingley, um, he, I believe with the way that things work, he will be at the combine. Some guys don't work out, but they go for the medicals, and mm-hmm. so they show up. Um but there has definitely been a trend to, and this has been the trend for a long time with quarterbacks, especially where they don't throw at the combine and then they do their entire workout on their pro day. And the reason for that one is because at their pro day, they can they could pick who they throw to. And I think part of the problem, at least perceived, was that throwing to guys that you didn't know presented some obstacles at, at times and at your pro day, you essentially control the conditions. And so th- that's why, and that always bugged Spielman a lot. Like it bugged him a lot. And, and I think that he came up as an executive in a time where everybody did the full participation at the combine. And um, Stingley, my guess is, is that he essentially wants to have one, one list of, of on field measurables that he controls um, as far as the guys who are going in the top three or 10 or top five or 10, they are offensive tackles. So that makes more sense. Like the, like the Darisas of the world potentially go higher because tackles are harder to find guards and centers ordinarily don't, but that doesn't make them. And this is the difficult part of the discussion that doesn't make guards less important but tackles are are the lifeblood of trying to keep your quarterback upright, and so so Jacksonville is clearly, at least according to Godfather Mock, saying Trevor Lawrence damn near got killed. Right? Mm-hmm. We can't have him getting killed. Um, it, it's interesting that the third uh, pick going to the Texans is an offensive tackle because unless you think that Davis Mills is their guy for a long time, they're still trying to find a quarterback. And yeah. same thing at six to Carolina. But it's an interesting concept that both of those teams are probably saying there's not like a clear-cut quarterback here for a top 10 pick. We're going to pass on that and actually build um, build a tackle to have a good line so when our quarterback does get here, he doesn't get killed. And what's interesting, too, is on Pro Football Focus, uh, I believe it was Steve Palazzolo who did his mock draft uh, for PFF yesterday at pick 12, has the Minnesota Vikings taking quarterback Malik Willis, who is only 22nd on their big board. So he writes up, with a quarterback class filled with question marks, I'm looking for teams who can approach the position with patience and long-term mindset. The Vikings have a new regime and quarterback, Kirk Cousins, under contract for one more year making this a good spot for Willis to develop. He has an outstanding arm and plus rushing ability. An offense can be crafted to take advantage of both 
while make while mitigating uh, Willis's accuracy concerns. So I'm curious if Willis is there, Judd. I mean, is the, is the temptation there to take Malik Willis and or take any quarterback that potentially is available? So if if Rick Spielman pulled the trigger on that pick, I would be very nervous. Um, with Crazy and O'Connell, I, I think it has to be if they take him, there has to be a faith that they know what they are doing there. Because I always felt with Rick, it was sort of like a desperation crapshoot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, okay, I'll take one if I have to. Um, now, it's interesting that Kuiper actually has has Willis Declan falling to 20 and Pittsburgh. See, I think post-combine, I think Willis's stock is going to go up significantly. Is it going to go up significantly enough to get him into the top 10? I don't know. But the interesting thing about if the Vikings say this kid is good, like he's raw and he he needs work and he is not prepared to play in 2022, but he's good. I think the thing there is they now will have, and this is something that they most definitely lacked before, the infrastructure to develop him. They, they're going to have O'Connell, an OC who's good, hopefully. Um, they're going to have not one, but two quarterbacks coaches. So like that's part of the process here is, is this team should now have an infrastructure that could take a quarterback in who they like and cultivate him, which is why I am not totally out yet on Mond. Like, I don't know with Kellen Mond. I know. When, when Kellen Mond gets a year of coaching, which he clearly didn't get, when Kellen Mond gets a, a year of being cultivated and developed and, and you know, hell, having confidence instilled, right? Like there's a curiosity there, but Willis, in my opinion, post combine is going to see his, his value, especially with the mockers start to go up. I think now what's interesting about this entire thing though, is this one I found this. So, so Jeremiah did a, did his, what, what he calls, Top 50 rankings. So this is not his mock draft. It's a big board, okay? And he had Malik Willis move up three spots in his top 50. But he only had him go from 35 to 32. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Jeremiah is... He's a longtime executive type of guy. Like, like he's not a a mocker newbie. I'm just sitting trying to guess here. He's a smart guy. Exactly right. And so I guess my question is this. If an NFL, if a former NFL executive mm-hmm. is gauging you as a quarterback to be the 32nd best prospect, which is, which is, you know, the end of the first round potentially, right. are you, are you going to make enough headway um, given your position to jump up to like 12? That's the one thing I don't know. I, I think he will. I think he, I think it'll, take place in our perception but i'm saying within the league can you go from from being 32 to to 12 that quickly or are there just flat out deficiencies that that actual teams don't trust well let, let's use a an apples and oranges comparison here and, and it's an easy one for vikings fans to remember that it was was the teddy pick so going into that yep. senior year at lsu it seemed like Teddy Bridgewater was the consensus number one overall pick. I mean, it looked like he was going to be great. He has a rough combine. He has a terrible pro day. He took the gloves off. He put the gloves back on. His stock fell. He didn't go from a consensus number one overall pick. He went to a fringe first-round pick. And his stock dropped so much that the Vikings end up swooping in at a last-second trade, get him at the 32nd overall pick, right? And then and then we're able to still find their quarterback for a guy who was at one point considered the top prospect going into the draft. Um, Malik Willis is in a different boat. He was not looked as a consensus number one overall pick. In fact, his stock was always kind of at the floor, and it's mostly only been rising. I I guess I would be surprised if Malik Willis's stock uh, takes a nosedive. It could. It certainly could. But I also probably would put more stock in Daniel Jeremiah's evaluation for big boards and prospects you know, the, the, I, I love the NFL mock draft community. Our buddy Tyler Fornis has come on with us. Our guy Thor Nystrom has come on with us. I, they're great dudes, and they know what the hell they're talking about. They're a lot smarter than you and I when it comes to draft stuff. But there's a lot of people in the mock draft community, and I would tend to probably lean, if, if Daniel Jeremiah has him at 30, 31, 32 right now, he's probably 
not going to shoot up 10 to 15 spots, I would assume, over the next month and a half. Like, he, he might shoot up I some, agree. but I, I don't right. see him, his stock literally doubling well, between now and the start of the draft. He'll, he, could, he could shoot up and skyrocket in, in, the, in the mock drafting community. Right. But, like, as far as teams go, and teams are smart. Now, now that does not mean that there won't be one stupid team. But that's like, oh, we'll fix right. him. He's great, right? I mean, that, that, that happens, happens all of the time. And and this league continues to be filled with uh, dreamers and pie-in-the-sky in people, not across the board, but certainly with some teams. That being said, the, Vi- the one thing that the Vikings have here now, because of the GM change, the coaching change, and how things are being altered within this franchise decks is they have the ability of being patient like fans aren't. And that's fine. That's cool. I have no problem with that, but this is a time that the Vikings, like there's no mandate, right? There, there's no, there's no, okay, Rick and Mike, we're bringing you back, but 2021, you better win. That existed. And, and in the case of Quasi and O'Connell, that could exist again at some point in time, but this is not that time. And so, like, you have the ability to say, what position in the first round do we need help at? Like, not a reach. We And if you look, cornerback is definitely one. It's a big one. Um, interior line is offensively. But I'm with you. I don't think that that's where you take a guard or a center. So, like, of the premium positions, I think corner makes a ton of sense. The problem is, I know it's predictable, I know it's boring, and it doesn't create a quick fix. But this right now is not about that. Right. This is about fixing. There there are, I feel like there's confusion in the Vikings community decks about how much this roster needs to be fixed. Because they've got some really good players, it feels like there's a there's a faction of fans who who say, "What? What? Hold on, Judd. What? Come, Jacqueline, come on, man. They got Justin Jefferson. They got Dalvin Cook, and they do have some really good players. They've got some high end talent, and that's awesome. But like, if you look at this roster, there's a reason why Rick got fired. Like, there are there are gaping holes. There there are. When Jeff Gladney plays a year and, and then because of a horrific off the field incident has to be let go, that's a huge problem. Yeah. So like I, I think where the disconnect exists is okay, look at the top end. There are some really good players, some really good talent. That's that's cool. But look at the rest of the roster. And there is a reason why this team dropped off. And it's time to fix that now. Not quick fixes, not like we'll go sign Patrick Peterson now again. It's gonna be great. It's actually time to address positions. And that, that's why I've talked about cornerback for sure. Um, quarterback for sure at some point here. Like you need to address these things to get them set. And and what you ha- have to hope and what I think the Wilfs are definitely banking on is they now have the right combination and right people to fix this. But like make no mistake, it's fixing it. It's not like, just plug a hole here and there, Dex, and uh, see you at the Super Bowl. It is actual fixes. Um, and and so if they take a, a cornerback with the 12th pick, I realize that's not necessarily going to be seen as the sexy pick. And, oh, man, I was hoping they would take um, a quarterback there. But that time will come. That time's not now. And and so I would just urge – I think it's fair from a sports dad perspective, Declan Goff, <laughs> to urge patience, right? Just to urge patience. Yep. To urge uh Kevin O'Connell might be great. We have no idea. He he could be Lombardi, he could be Josh McDaniels 1.0. I don't know. But we sure as hell aren't gonna find out until he has a roster that that he can actually develop, put out there. And I'm talking about entire roster, offense, defense, special teams that can win football games. So Yeah, I I, I hear you, dude. It, it's I, Vikings fans get really frustrated at them trying to take another cornerback and 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 trying to find the next franchise quarterback, one that you have drafted, developed, taken has has been mostly misses for the Vikings, and they have Christian Ponder syndrome to a degree. They even have Teddy syndrome to a degree. And Teddy yeah, necessarily okay. didn't wasn't a bust; he just had a freak injury. You know, it was just like of course that happens to a Minnesota athlete, right? Dante yep. even to it. I mean, Dante shreds his knee in two thousand five. So. 
I get it, but th- th- this is the best part. Like, we get, what are we, Judd, like seven weeks, seven weeks or so from the NFL draft right now, and yep. and we get to just kind of ride this wave and figure out what we want to do, and we get to have fun guests on, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. There there was a time way back when, and I forget what year, when when something happened. It might have been the draft. I forget when. And Mike Tice was still coach, and Mike Tice said the famous phrase, enjoy the season. I will say this, enjoy the roster construction process. Yeah. Cause like, that's what this is. That's yeah. what this is. You are trying to fill in pieces here. And, and if you think, well, I mean, they are only a couple of guys away. What are you guys talking about? You are at the wrong media outlet because <laughs> that ain't true. No, that ain't true. But, but you have to have the faith here that, that these guys can get this team to that point. But if you expect them to take shortcuts, sorry, that doesn't work. That's been tried before. Mm-hmm. So, Hey, guys, it's Mackie. And since the Judd's Hockey Show crew doesn't let me actually come on their show and spew my hockey takes, I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite companies, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is all about helping your business reach new levels of success through risk management. Find out more about how Federated can help protect your business at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, let's let's go to, it's Tuesday. It is. Mackie and Judd fill out today. So it who is time it? for who gets it, who doesn't. Well, I mean, we sort of do, but uh, that's okay. That, that's okay. That's, that's all right. I'm going to okay. play a different music mix. Our NFL films, I don't know if you noticed, it kept cutting out after three minutes. Yeah, what happened to I, it? I don't know. I got to I gotta get an engineer or something on you. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. So we're going to go with the NHL TNT so what, Like, bit. is this going to work? We'll see if Ooh, it goes. I like this one. But I, How does TNT do this? How does so good. Nail, you know who gets but, it? <laughs> I know they do, but I mean, I, I they get like I had I had serious, not concerns, reservations. Okay, yeah, like they're doing hockey, like like I mean, I'm sure they'll try, and I'm sure it'll be okay. But I I will say right now, and I realize that their coverage platforms are different, but right now they are so superior to the presentation of of ESPN. It's not even funny. No. And ESPN does, it's not terrible, but like TNT does such a marvelous job of making every game a big deal. And like they're showing McDavid all the time, which is awesome. I was calling for that three years back. It's like, no, we have to show the Penguins and Blackhawks because that draws people. (laughs) It's like, I'm a hockey fan. Show me Connor Bleep and McDavid, right? Yes. They do that. Their studio show, Biz Nasty, is phenomenal. I love Biz so much. But but it's just and and you know not to rag on them, but ESPN has a studio show, and I don't mind the personalities, but it's just like this, you know, it's Messier and and um and Cone, and they're going to talk for a couple minutes, and it's going to be you know, hey, what's going on? Yeah. TNT's got this major studio feel. It's just darn it, it's good. It's good. It's good. They get it. They get Declan, it. Dan. Go ahead. They get it. Who gets it? Who doesn't? All right. You know what? Because we're talking about NHL, I'll start this one. I'll say, you know who get it, even though they're on a five to six game losing streak, the Minnesota Wild self-awareness here. Their awareness of the losing streak. Um, I saw the quotes from practice today, or uh, yesterday I should say, uh, going into this one. This is one from Dino, Dean Evison, one of our uh, one of our favorite coaches on the show. He says, obviously, we have a bad taste in our mouth and guys are pretty pissed. There's still a lot of games to be played, but this is where teams either climb the leaderboard or sink. There's no panic. We're not worried. We know the type of team we are. We know the character we have in our room. And a little stretch like this isn't going to change anything about our team, and we know who we are. And even Jordy Ben, whose play is a little susceptible, there's no doubt about that. I don't understand why he's playing. I'm sure he's a great human being. But he did say there's zero excuses, and if you're tired, drink a Red Bull. We've all played enough hockey to know that not every night you're going to feel the best any way possible. Just get ready to go. I love this. I love that they have the awareness of, yeah, we have stunk, but at the same yeah, time, this is where we sink or we swim. And if you're tired, then get off the damn boat because everyone's tired right now. Everyone's been playing a lot of games. There's only going to be more sprints going forward until the end of the regular season. Good for the Wilds. Brain trust and leadership to recognize, yes, there is a funk in the room right now. We're going to address it, and how we address it will tell us how we go further into this season. And that is why I have actually, off that point, I have decided that this slump is a positive. 
because okay. of exactly that. Because you know what? You know what I hate? And I've always been – this has always been part of the Sports Dad platform. Oh, boy. The pre- the President's Trophy drives me crazy. It, it's awarded to the team in the regular season. So I'll say it again. It's awarded to the team in the regular season that has the most points. There is nothing more useless than that trophy. Because do you know what that trophy means at heart? It means you didn't really have to fight through ordinarily much adversity. Case in point, I believe that they they won the trophy, but was it four years ago? The Tampa Bay Lightning had a phenomenal year. I mean, they were racking up points every night. They were roll. They rolled. They they rolled through the season, and then they got to the playoffs, and they were favored to win the cup. And they're a great franchise, but they played the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they got up. I think it was four nothing in the first or second period. And Tampa was going to, you know, hey, we're going to sweep them. This is great. Columbus rallied. They won the game, and I believe they won the series in four or five. And the point was, Tampa Bay finally faced adversity. And guess what happened, Declan? They came apart like a cheap suit. They had no idea how to handle it. They had no idea what to do. They yeah. hadn't faced it. And and I think, and I don't know, I mean, the, the Wild might not be as good as we thought they definitely at times I think have more holes than I potentially thought all of those things might be true and probably are true, but they are going to, as the quotes that you just read um, spell out, they are going to have to fight through this. And I love that because this is going to define them personality wise. And like, if they collapse, they collapse, they're done. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. But if they come back and, and they lost five consecutive games and were embarrassed, make no mistake about that word, in the Winter Classic, right? They were embarrassed. And they came back and got hot and said, screw this. So I actually think that that starting a month in which they're going to play a ton of games, and I believe it's 16 games, 12 at home, starting tonight, they are now going to have to either overcome, fight through the adversity and beat it, or fall apart, but you're not going to get to the playoffs and what's been this feel-good magical carpet ride and be like, oh, my God, adversity, what the hell should we do? So I feel like this is actually preparing them for their fate. And 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 it's a good time because, because there's still plenty of time to turn things around, get hot. And this doesn't mean that you're you're not going to have slumps. But adversity to me is is Saturday in Calgary, right? Like that was a bad game. Like Toronto, Toronto wasn't a great game, but it was a pretty good game. But Saturday was just an inexcusable what the hell. And and what I like about that game is that gives them an opportunity in the midst of, of a funk to say we're either going to address this and get it right, or we're screwed. But we're not going for the first time to face these problems when we're in the midst of a playoff series, when we have no idea by that point what to do or it's just flat out too late. Bingo. And I'm curious if they can snap out of the funk. They had the Flames on Tuesday evening. You and I will be there. So we will uh, we'll have plenty more. And also with, with Sands Mackey out, the hockey whisperer, uh, going into his crystal ball here and, and just kind of uh, trying to watch the wild from afar, Judd and I will have you covered right here on Mackey and Judd and on Judd's Hockey Show. So if, if you wanted Minnesota Wild coverage, damn it, you're going to get it over these next three or four days. Because uh, yep. we'll have plenty to talk about with the Minnesota Wild. So I'm excited. Hopefully they break out of this damn funk. Oh, I think they will. I think they will, too. I, I think they will. I'm just curious to, to see what Bill Guerin does uh, mm-hmm. by the March 21st deadline to address this team. There, there are there are definite holes here that can be fixed. The question is, are you going to pay the price to fix them? Yep. And if so, which one? Yeah. All right. Who doesn't get it, Declan Goff? Okay. I am going to go. I am going to go right after baseball fans on Twitter, okay. which includes myself. Okay. Which includes myself. Okay, guilty as yep. charged. So just to be clear, I'm not. I'm not lecturing. I'm criticizing all of us. We're all in this together. So last night on Twitter, and and look, I get it. Um, the baseball. Negotiations between between the uh, between the player association and management went essentially all day. They met for 16 hours, I believe. It broke up in Jupiter, Florida, um, shortly after 1 a.m. Central. And throughout the course of 
the night, especially as we got deeper and deeper into the night decks. Uh, two guys in particular, Bob Nightingale and <laughs> and John Heyman, were tweeting almost like a play-by-play of they're going back in, they're getting closer, this could get done tonight, um, we see progress, this has been agreed to. And it was clear that the leaks were coming left and right from, from um, um, the commissioner and his people. Um, and people started to get excited. Oh my God, this might get done tonight. Oh yeah. We might have baseball by the morning. You know, they're going to, I, I hope they call a press conference for 4am Declan so that they can announce it's done. It's said, And, and of course it broke up. Um, they did make progress. That's not the point. And they agreed to re- resume negotiations at 11am Eastern. We're recording this at 10 42 AM central. So they are supposedly back talking. It still might get done, but there are still some significant hurdles on the table. But here's where I'm frustrated, okay? Here's where here's where I'm pissed off at myself mm-hmm. as well. So this is all of us. All right. If this was a popular sport, if baseball was cleaning up right now, if baseball was football, I'd say, okay, get it done. Let's play, right? What the hell? Get it done, finally. This is great. But the reality is... We're all, there's a faction now, a cult of us, who, who are like, baseball might start baseball. But think about it for a second. What they have done is, the lockout, I believe, if you go back, started in December. And there were months with no talks. No talks. They didn't meet. They didn't talk. And now they're talking. And now they're trying to race to get th- this done. Spring training was supposed to start, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago? Yeah. We're supposed to, uh, spring training games are supposed to be underway by now. They're b- being canceled. And the deadline supposedly has been pushed now to uh, 4 p.m. Central Time today, where if they don't have an agreement in place, they are threatening to start to cancel opening day and regular season games. But what this doesn't address is the fact that this sport, make no mistake right now, is bleeped and how on earth how on earth in december when this started did both sides not say okay here's what we are going to to do ordinarily we wait till the 11th hour we negotiate a new cba sometimes we lock out sometimes we strike but our sport's in trouble and we need to talk about a lot here we are going to spend two months or a month plus on on the contract itself the collective bargaining agreement that's going to be phase one but we're not going to leave the, the room, and I don't care if we miss Christmas, because what we're going to have to do after that is we need to talk about the game itself, like what we're doing, how we're playing it, how we can speed th- things up. And I don't mean one side. I mean both sides. Players and owners needed to be talking about what they were going to do for the game to make it more palatable, to make it more popular. And, folks, I don't care – if you're a longtime baseball fan, young people are checking out. They are the lifeblood of things, not people my age. It's people Declan's age and, quite frankly, younger than him, okay? And instead, here's what we've got right now. Well, we're, we're making great progress. We're making great progress. And one of the things, Declan, that we're making progress on is we are, oh, boy, it's exciting. We are going to have 12 to 14, probably 12, playoff teams yeah we're going to have a system that's going to have 12 playoff teams to which my next question is this okay you know what i don't like that personally but cool you know what young people are used to nba and hockey and football right right so like okay i don't like that personally but you know what the second part of of an extended negotiation that allows for 12 playoff teams is the season's going to be 140 games. We're lopping a major because the reason to play 162 is to get the few really good playoff teams. And, and the playoffs have been expanded, but this whole thing is if you're going to go to 12 or possibly 14, I'm guessing 12, yeah, it's gonna be 12, then you don't need to play 162. 162 was meant to reward the great teams and to make damn sure that if you could, the best teams, right, got into the playoffs. And now you're going to allow um, not quite half the league in with young people. You know what they don't need? 162. So, like, these things all should have been being discussed for months, Declan, 
for months. And instead, we're like, they're going to come out with an agreement. Oh, yay, baseball. Oh, good job. You don't get it. You people were all idiots for buying into this. These people are acting like their game's important. It's it's like the adult who, who acts like, you know, um, hey, kids, do this, do that. I'm going to tell you. And now I'm going to go to the bar and get sloshed. Uh, dude, I have no respect. There's no respect there. You're, you're a drunk. You're a dork. You're a, you're a complete fool. You're a, to quote our, our Monday show, the buffoon of the week, okay? Yeah. So, so you're telling me that we're supposed to be excited. And, and the last thing, too, we find out that baseball actually came to an agreement last year, I believe, last spring with ESPN to televise the first round of playoffs that didn't exist until they get this done. So it's just another cash grab. It's got nothing to do with the good of the game. It's got nothing to do with, with the health. Nobody said one thing so far about going from 162 to 140. They don't give a damn. These people don't care about the sport. They don't get it. And the worst part is they remain buffoons. That's the end of my rant, but it drives me crazy. I didn't know uh, Rami Makhlouf was back working for Score North because I, I, I'm having some flashbacks from uh, I'm down about, on everybody, about two so, years no, ago this he, time from, from Rami Makhlouf here. He hated one person. I don't. No, no, no. My my disdain goes for everybody. Yeah. This includes players. Everyone should have been in a room. And I'm telling you right now, December 1st, they should have locked that door and said, you will celebrate Christmas in 2023 because you ain't coming out until this is all done. And it's going to take a ton of work. I'm talking on field changes. I'm talking CBA. And I'm not talking blowing sunshine up my butt with here's a 12 team playoff. Look what we did. Bus, all of you. Buster only tweeting out too, literally in, in the middle of Judge soliloquy here. Uh, that the, the way the twelve team playoff ML, uh, the way the twelve team playoff MLB field would work would be the top two teams in each league get first round buys, and then the other eight teams would play a first round best of three series. Here's my issue with baseball. Baseball is already a complicated sport for anyone to understand. So making it more complicated. I think is is dumb. On top of your point of of 162 games and baseball purists, and I know Patrick Royce, you probably would disagree here. I I'm I'm out on the integrity and purist of baseball. At, at what point has has baseball been pure? It's never been pure. There was a stretch where people were shooting things up their buttocks to hit the ball farther. Okay, there was people taking opioids in the 80s. This has never been pure. The integrity of the game's never been pure. What the hell are we talking about? So if, if, if that's the case, just strip away 60 games. Strip away, make it 100 games, and then do this 12-team. Okay, whatever. But the, 14, then. But the fact is, and, and, and this point. is where, too, the, the, the Twins... Playoff losses have soured me so much on my favorite team as a kid that how in the fact you've lost 18 consecutive games is what's going to happen is a four seed, so the the top seed among these best of three series is going to lose two games to the 12th seed, and that 12th seed that only won 40 games and the four seed that won 60 games is going to move on, which is what happened to the Twins and Astros in 2020, which is BS to me. So... It, it, I just hate that they. Yes, the 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 basically the bleeping match, as Blake Wheeler said the other day to an NFL reporter, they're, they're getting in bleeping matches with one another. Get, they're, they're, you know, they're 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 getting down, into Blake. those kind of matches with one another, and it's and it's frustrating. It's my favorite sport, and I'm aware that it's dying, and I have no idea what what they're going to do to fix it. I have no but idea what, what they'll do. But don't act like you're doing us a favor now by by being well. We talked for 16 hours on. But first of all, it's too late because you you like they they they're acting like they are holding something special hostage. Right. They are holding something that very few of us now relatively care about. Mm-hmm. They so so like it's ridiculous. But but I just so to your point about the purist and statistics, which are which are you know a huge part of baseball more so certainly than football hockey basketball i mean statistics are the lifeblood of that sport and its history is too we have to accept this and this is again would take this would have taken months to vet but it was worth it and these idiots all went home and enjoyed their their uh their i'm sure florida homes morons and i'm talking about both sides here too like i'm not cutting a break here you're you're not getting now well the all the 
owners agreed, yes, they are. But it was on everyone to make sure that the key people sat in a room and talked. And they didn't until now. And now they're hashing out things that nobody gets. Super 2, let's talk about Super 2. Yeah. Take your Super 2 and shove it up your <laughs> behind. Yeah. Um. But but as far as your point about about tradition and, and the, essentially probably what could be called the sanctity of the sport, the National Football League, very different thing, I know, but the National Football League, we always talk about this. The Super Bowl, I believe, was first played after the 67 season. The merger with the American Football League, which was a different league, um, was done around circa 1970. We always talk about statistically the the Super Bowl era, which base which marks the merger when those two when those two competing leagues didn't play against each other in just one game, but actually were one. I think what we need to accept in baseball with what the path that you're going down, Dex, is is a modern era again that starts now like this whole thing of and you know what preserve all the stats you got the babe ruth stats you got the mike trout stats you preserve you got bonds if you're a bonds guy or gal i don't know but my point is we need to start talking about this sport for its own survival and health and and not include like Judd Zolgat's history as well. Well, I remember in 76, I watched Roy Smalley. You know what? No kid cares, and I don't blame them. Right. But And I don't know what you're going to do. Um, but drastic changes, and not just like, well, we eliminated the shift. That should fix her up, or we got more playoff teams now. I'm talking about drastic changes. I'm talking about examining the rules of this sport and potentially changing some, potentially changing them drastically to create what I would call Take your pick of names. I don't really care. A modern era, though, that would start now and that wouldn't include, you know, well, I'm offended because Reggie Jackson, I saw him in the World Series. Again, no one who's 23 gives a damn about that. Um, But instead, we talk about the sport like it's the same sport. And Declan, for the life of me, how can how can people be so dumb? Like, like, how can people that run the sport be so dumb? As to see, like we have, we have brought in a whole new era of people who who see things differently, right? Who run teams differently, uh. who use a completely different formula of what they perceive as the keys to success, right or wrong. But then we act like, but this is still the the game of old scouty scout scout back in 1948 who got a job. No, it's not, and that's cool. I just it drives me crazy because I was sitting there last night thinking it might start. And I got a, a text from you, and then I thought, bleep all of this. This yeah. is just the typical crap. And they're and and if they come back and it's like, well, uh, Twins game tonight, time of game, three forty two, I'm out again. Mm-hmm. So anyway, sorry, right. I just all drives right. me nuts. All right, Let, I have another who doesn't get it. It's baseball related, but it, it's a funnier one. Okay, so we can we can move on here. No, who doesn't get it. No, who doesn't get it. Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter does not get it. Okay, he abruptly. Like quits the Marlins. He leaves them in a worse place from where they were, which is hard to do to the Marlins. It's hard to leave the Marlins, in my opinion, in a worse place than they were. And he did that. And now, now the new wrinkle, did you see this? Have you heard about this? ESPN Mm -hmm. wants him, apparently, for commentary. ESPN is bidding on Derek Jeter's services for commentary, and they're throwing big dollars on on Derek Jeter. No, get out of Derek Jeter. I don't need... His opinions. I don't need to For see what? him ruining a baseball team. We don't need to see Derek Jeter anymore. Okay, uh, unless we're turning Derek Jeter's gift baskets into some type of reality television esque show. And now Derek mm-hmm. Jeter is married and he has a family and he has daughters. And I'm very happy he's now moved on that point in his life. Derek Jeter can go away. Okay, I, I don't need any more of Derek Jeter. He ruined a baseball team. He was a phenomenal player. I don't have that many hot takes about his player. He's a very polarizing player in terms of overrated, underrated. But I, I, I'm sick of Derek Jeter. You know who does not get it is the captain, Derek Jeter. I'm out. What's the plan to put put him on like that? The the uh, proposed uh, Manning cast that they're going to do with A Rod on Sunday Night Baseball? Yeah, they 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 want him um, on for ESPN. And let's see here. Well, they're, they're, they are airing that. Um, they're, they're airing that that thirty for thirty that airs pretty soon here. So, so they already have some Not type sure. of relationship. But in terms of what they want to do, from I don't know if that'd be you know a baseball tonight role. I don't. 
He's boring. Well, ba- baseball night's gone. Yeah, and it's that's it, no longer it's a on thing. Once a week, and I, I but they're gonna so they're they're gonna take. Um, they took a Rod off of the Sunday Night Baseball booth, and I believe that they're gonna put him in a studio and do a Manning cast. So like they're they're going to try to, to do a a side by side. The problem there is a Rod is boring. Yeah. He's he's not funny. He's not good. He's not like he's just not good. But him and Jeter would be polarizing, I guess. So people might tune in. The problem is this too. ESPN is getting way over its skis with salaries. They're going to have another huge cut of really good people. They do this way too much. They they sign people like this to huge contracts, right? And then they come in and fire. Good people, because like, well, we got to make changes. Disney, Disney didn't make its profit margins, and then they do the same thing again. And they're now, if they get Jeter, they're now paying Aikman a boatload. Which again, I'm not sure he's really worth a boatload, but he's going to get it. So anyway, that's not good. I got one more thing. Okay, who gets it? Who gets it? Who gets it? I'm going to tell you. Who gets it. What do you got? I, I don't I know if you got the going. song. I don't know if you got the song, but I'm going to tell you who gets it. I'm just going to wave the flag. I don't, I don't have the song oh, ready. I don't have the song oh, ready. I don't have the song ready. All right. Well, the flag is waving. The flag, the flag is out there because, in particular, Patrick Beverly gets it. Patrick, I love Pat Bev. My God, does he play hard. And the Wolves on Friday night, and I was there, Target Center, the Philadelphia 76ers kicked the snot out of the Wolves. It was embarrassing. It was a really bad game. They came back in Cleveland last night. They got down by a bunch in the first quarter, and then they rallied. They went up, I believe, by as many as 20. They blew that. Cleveland came back, and the Wolves still won. The Wolves get it. Chris Finch, my guy Finchie, gets it. And Pat Bev. Pat Bev blocked the last last shot of the game with the game in the bag just because he could. He plays a style of basketball that I absolutely love. And the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves for the first time in a long time, I think are a compelling, likable, well-coached team. And with that, the light shut off. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. There it is. There's the flight. There it is. Timberwolves flight. Waving high. Waving high. Yeah, a big win. I mean... Carl even too hitting the big shots at yeah. the end of the game. You know, Ant Edwards has been off, but still, Cat's like one of the best shooting big men in the in the in, best shooters in the NBA. Forget he just the fact he's a, the best shooting big men. He's one of the and best shooters that, in the game. That that was his first three, right? The, the key one that he yeah. had late in the game in Cleveland. I think that that was his first three. So yeah, but I mean, I'm just the Wolves to come back on the road after being embarrassed by the Sixers at home is impressive, and I don't think that I don't necessarily think that they're going to actually um get to this the six seeds so they're almost certainly going to be i think probably in the play-in tournament which is technically not the playoffs but that being said that was fun and pat bev you get it i love your style um i'm sure teams hate to play against you but watching you play for a home team is a pleasure as the, as the horn sounds, train and, goes and, by. Train goes by, and the Blackhawks scored. Yeah, Chelsea no, Dagger no, no, coming up no, next. No, no, no. We don't do that. There you go. Wait the flag. Okay. All right, I'm waving the flag. Hey, prediction deck on off. Yes, sir. Will will this flag be being waved tomorrow after the very tough Calgary Flames visit the X on Tuesday? You know what I think they do. I think the Wild get back on track tonight. Cam Talbot's in net, um, but at the same time. Uh, I think the Wild get the win. I think they snap out of this funk. They get Calgary for a second time. They'll they'll break out of it. Back home at St. Paul, I think they'll be fine now. All right. All right. Uh, What's uh, on on tap for tomorrow? Write that down both Write that down, predictions. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. Yeah, we'll be reacting to Combine here. So hit the subscribe button on this YouTube channel for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Download the Score North app. It's a central hub. Judd Zolgad's roundup. There's a little Vikings nugget in there. A little, a little, a little, yeah, little from scoop. Phil Mackey from taste. from Phil's tips uh, from taste. Phil's tips about a very prominent guard who, let's just say, might welcome the opportunity to return to the upper Midwest. 
Mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. Zolgad's Roundup, scorenorth.com, 24 hours a day, and we never charge you for it. That's, That's right. right. You can read it for free. We will um, we will talk to you tomorrow, Purple Daily. By the way, we go through a laundry list of things not involving Kirk Cousins that are on the Vikings to-do list for the Combine. Talk to you later. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Thank you for calling Navy Federal Credit Union. How can I help you? Hi, if I'm in the Army, not in the Navy, am I still eligible for membership? Yes, you are. What about my sister in the Air Force? Her too. And my dad's a Marine. We serve all branches of the military, veterans, and their families. My dog is a retired military working dog. I'll see what I can do. Find out if you're eligible at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Insured by NCUA.